Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. We're going to see something very special, a very special presentation. This is going to be very exciting. You're going to love it, I promise. Hi, kids. I'm Meriwether Lewis. And I'm William Clark. And we're going to explore the western United States. We haven't seen it before. We had a guide back in those days, and that was Sacagawea. <clears throat> Picture her there. Can you see her at the front of the boat there? Okay, can you see her? Use your imagination. Use your imagination brains. All right? I suppose we should ask Sacagawea where we're headed. I agree. Sacagawea, can you help us find our way? Sacagawea, if we could just have your attention for a moment. Which way should we go? Sacagawea. 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 She's really not giving us the time of day at all. She told me that one of the main reasons that she didn't think that we were right for each other was because my penis was a little too small for her. Ty Webb. Heavy Longmire. Gustav Mateblanc. London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato, enlighten me. Happy birthday, Ty. Thank you. This is the two year birthday. Of Can You Hear Me? Look out. Episode 105. We're just out of diapers. Yeah, we're terrible twos. We've been terrible the first two years, but look out. It's going to get not going to get any better. We're getting into the good stuff. So congratulations. If only Heavy was here. Now, you and Heavy may have only done about a year's worth, but I've done two years worth. That's probably about right. I've had a couple hiatuses. Little sabbaticals. Yeah. But we're back together and we're back peaches and herb oh, ashford and simpson <sighs> martin solid Lewis. as a rock how many times did we do solid as my cock we did it a lot a lot this is the same amount of times that we asked our um fifth grade music teacher when she would take song requests to do old dan tucker <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, giggle incessantly you know she was a uh classically trained played at carnegie hall well i had a crush on her well yeah she was she's something and then she had to deal with our jackassery oh man she was so silently sexy well this is can you hear me the podcast where two guys reminisce about teachers that they thought were sexy r.i.p heavy r.i.p heavy it was we hardly knew ye. it's been a good i'm gustav monteblanc I'm Ty Webb. And you can find us on the social medias. I'm at Real Gustav. I'm at Ty Webb 3000. Choo, 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 choo. If you want to tweet the Dirty Dead Heavy Longmire, that's at Longmire Heavy. We still haven't ever checked 
if there was a heavy Longmire, why he couldn't get that, have I we? I don't know. I'm I'm very confused. You know what I bet happened? I bet he created at heavy Longmire and then forgot the password. Probably. And instead of actually trying to uh, recover the password, he just made a new one. Heavy has a lot of skills, but I wouldn't put tech in his bag of tricks. No. Not real tech savvy. He is not what you would uh, imagine in a, working in an IT field. No, he he's not. He's not the guy I'm taking my computer to if it start axing up. No, not at all. Now, a few uh, weeks ago, you got a text from one of our friends. I did, and it was a picture of me helping do some technical support. That's right. That's right. With you- a young lady. You are nothing if not a willing tech supporter. And I texted you, hey, I'm helping this person out. And you're like, oh, yeah, I already know. Yeah, I was in the know. I've got people in the know. Guys. And that young lady was a adult film actress. I've heard those are out there. By the name of Rachel Starr. Hey, now. And let's now welcome her to the podcast. Rachel. She, she I did want to not talk right ask now, her but... if she'd like to join us. So, to s- set the the scene, the boys over at the Blowout Podcast Network were having an event at the Four Corners Brewery. Shout out to Blowout and Four Corners. Sure, why I not? Love both of them. Um, and so I was there, and I see one Michael Lionel Saroy walk in. Well, hey buddy, the Sea Cow, Whoa. and. You know, I kind of, I don't think I'd talked to him yet. And then a little while later, I see him. Was he on deathbed status? No, he was, he was, he was in good shape. He was escorting a young lady with him. As he will. As he will. He, he's, he loves the ladies. And somebody said, oh my God, that's Rachel Starr. Now, despite my extensive knowledge of 70s and 80s porn actresses, I am woefully unknowledgeable about current uh, pro film stars. Yeah, I mean, I I have to admit that I didn't know who she was or Alexis Texas was until I started hearing the boys talk about them. So I had heard Rachel when she had uh, called into the Saroys a couple of times to do pics of the porn star that they did a few years ago. Right. But I had that was the extent of my knowledge of her. So I was like, oh, okay, well, that kind of makes sense. And I didn't think much else about it, you know, because I know that she's friends with Mike Saroy. Next thing you know, you're sidling up. Well, I'm over talking, I think, with Brad and Ginsburg, and Saroy comes up to me. He's like, hey, you do the stuff for your podcast, right? I'm like, yeah. I'm surprised Saroy even knows we do a podcast. Yeah, you know, it's, I gave him a shirt one time. I think that's, okay. you know, I think he probably threw it right away or gave, gave it, it to a his, homeless guy, gave it to some hobo. You know, that actually did happen with, I think, Nima. I gave him a shirt at a IJB, and he promptly lost it in Deep Ellum, and I'm sure there's a homeless guy right now wearing one of our shirts. All right. Well, that's a good pub. You know, I'll take what we can get. So, Saroy's so like, you do all the technical stuff for yours. I'm like, yeah, because I joked with him before about how I know that he doesn't do anything for Dragon Brag except talk. Right. He's like, well, can you help uh, 
can you help Rachel? She's trying to start a podcast and she's trying to do some stuff. You slowly remove your jacket. And I'm like, no, I mean, what? You know, I, I'm kind of like, he's, I think he's fucking with me. He's like, no. I'm like, no, not about it. Okay. And he's like, no, seriously, come help. So I go up there and I'm like, hi, you know, he's like, this is, you know, Gustav, he'll help you. So I sit there with her and the boys start to do their live thing. And immediately they're like, cause we're right next to them. They're like, you know, Gustav's over here trying to work the thing. The thing. And uh, I think uh, Machine said that's this is going to be grounds for the divorce trial, you know. Of course. Which, obviously, Mrs. Gustav knows that I'm absolutely so dorky I'm harmless. Of course. Because, I, mean, I mean, that's it's not like uh, if it was you. No. That'd be different. Right. But me, and I'll get to that later on. Well, I've been through a six-pack of divorces, so. Sure. Well, I don't know about that, but. The uh, So I help her. She already recorded something. I help her get it uploaded. And then I help her get things on to um, iTunes and everything. Why are you doing air quotes? Well, it's because I'm trying to uh, gesture. Okay. They get her up on stage to tell some porno stories, which were very entertaining. If you haven't listened to that episode. I haven't yet, but it, it's, it's on my to-do list. It's very entertaining. So I go back and I sit with our friends, uh, the Campbells and Megan. And about that time, as I'm sitting there, in walks Philip Kingston, city councilman of Dallas. Hey, now. And a lady who I assume is his wife. Oh, I was really hoping you were going to say John Wiley Price. That would be better, especially if it's John Wiley Price in the satin undies. Yes, from the February calendar yes. of circa late 80s. 80s, 80, or maybe 90. So Kingston and his wife, I assume it's his wife, I really don't know. But she's very conservatively dressed. Wearing some type of campaign button. Of course. Pendant, maybe. Maybe. They sit directly to my right at the table. and So you're sandwiched between a I'm, city I councilman and, and a porn star. No, no. Rachel Starr is at oh, this she's, point. Yeah, she's up on stage. She's up on stage okay. with the uh, Jake and TC. She has and been Machine. formally welcomed to the stage. Yes. And they are... Oogling? Oogling. Giddy. They're trying to make... Are they very farly with McCartney? It's getting there at times. And she's very entertaining. She's just a natural at telling stories. I've heard she's a good storyteller. And she is. And her stories are not PG. <laughs> As one would expect. So, uh, sitting there with Megan, and I, I give her the like, hey, Kingston just showed up for the porn star segment. <laughs> And they're they're not overly enthused with these stories, right? This is not exactly what they signed up not for. Not what they expect, or certainly not what she expected, right. obviously. Because I doubt she's listened to a whole lot of IJB. Probably not. Probably not. Probably or, seen even less of Rachel Starr's work. Probably did not sign. Uh, you know, enjoy the Throatzilla episode. From probably a few not one back. of her top five. So. Rachel is telling a story and mentions something about how she's always had a fantasy about a guy in a suit and tie. Okay, now, I'm guessing that's close to what Kingston's wearing. Kingston is in straight suit and tie, came straight from work. I can feel the woman go rigid with disgust slash anger, get me the fuck out of here. Is she at Bobby Wygant level rigidity? She is at... Bobby Wygant, DEFCON 1. Face getting a bit reddish in hue. And I hear Kingston lean over and say, do I need to get us out of here? 
And she's like, yes. She may have said more than yes, but it was definitely yes. Right. So he goes and pays the tab that they had because they had like one drink. Right. And they shag ass. <laughs> and I was as giddy as one of those little mechanical monkeys banging the cymbals. Oh, man. So Rachel From finished, an underrated Chevy Chase movie. Uh, Foul Play? Yes. Yeah. No, 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 not Foul Play. The one where... He goes to the summer home with the author, editor guy, and the African-American um, oh, housekeeper. Uh, oh, Nell Carter, uh, Modern Problems. Modern Problems, yes, yeah. very underrated. Dabney Coleman. Yes, the great yes. Dabney Coleman. When he comes up with all, he's got that look of all the cocaine on his face yes. and his hair sticking Isn't up. Isn't Coleman like an author in that? Yeah, or, he's some, yeah. or maybe he's a publisher. Publisher. Yeah. Maybe. Nell Carter's got the, uh, the cornrow braids. Yeah. Yeah, doing the uh, who was the lady in that one? Um, is she the same? What else was she in? Curly headed. I'm checking. Eighties attractive. We need to do a She's, segment about that. Eighties attractive. What was a what else? I'm trying to. I'm blanking on what else she's been in, but I can see her face. Um, Patty Darbinville. I would never have come up with that. I would not have either. Uh, let's see. But a looker. What else was she in? Nothing that we ever saw. Maybe I'm. Oh, she was in Real Genius. Okay. Okay. Great yeah. movie too. Yep. All right. Anyway, so Rachel finishes up telling her story. The boys wrap up because they really can't top that. No. Because so she to tells speak. A, a story about you know doing uh, a mold of her pussy and stuff like that. So it's very you know. Was Kingston still in the building when that story was being told? No, they were gone by that point because that would have that would have caused. The lady's head to blow up uh, all the scanners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so they finish up, and I had not finished with my technical support yet. Right. So I go You're back. You're in a holding pattern. I'm in a holding pattern. I go back. We work on it a little bit more. When you sat down, did you tell her, move? No, I, you know, I was very, I did not mansplain, okay? That's, I was, that's impressive. I, I was on my best behavior, but also... Because I wasn't familiar with her work. Now, I did see a few pictures on her uh, laptop as she was moving files. I certainly got an impression of her work. <laughs> you had an idea about what type of line yes. of work she was in. But uh, I I think I was the only person there that night that interacted with her that didn't ask for a picture. Because I'm like, by that time, I'd already gotten the picture back from you that our friend had sent saying, yeah, Gus is... Already, but did you hand her an eight by ten glossy of you? I did. I said, uh, "You're welcome." <laughs> anyway, but every and she, I can't tell you. I mean, I would expect that she'd be nice because she is. You know, not only does she does the films, she does a lot of work uh, doing a feature dancer at strip clubs and things like that. So she's got to be very engaging right. to begin she's, with. She's in a service industry. She did uh, say that her dances when she's doing the feature, her lap dances, a hundred bucks a pop. Okay. That, that stacks up to a sizable amount of cash. Well, that seems pretty reasonable compared to the Throatzilla prices I heard oh, on that podcast. Yeah. She was saying 600 for her work. What? That was... That was, uh, I was surprised. That not, not seems knowing, a bit steep. Not knowing what the uh, the standard uh, menu prices are for that. Now, I'm not aware, I but that seemed, that seemed a little sticker, high. A little sticker shock there. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it was in the 70s. Now, our friends came and got pictures with her. Of course. And one prominent 
Texas history author was doing his best to impress her. How did that go? I don't, I mean, how do you think it went? I think that it was met with a lukewarm response. I, I wasn't up close and personal for that, but I looked up and he was over there plying his charms, if you will. <laughs> yes. Discussing the history of the avocado, perhaps. Yes, maybe how megafauna uh, mega saved the avocado. <laughs> Are you aware there was a landslot? But as that landsloth was died off, it was primitive man that saved the avocado for us today. Now, I don't know if we're ready to segue. Sure. But that is the our wonderful friend, the Texas history professor, does off, offer a wonderful segue into the world of dating apps. Yes, because he is a... He's an aficionado. He is... He is a user of the dating apps. And we discussed at our recent social barbecue, all-you-can-eat get-together. So you, good. Thank you, Hutchins. We started talking about dating apps. Now, I, I was, I do feel, and this has never stopped me ever before in my life, but I have no knowledge about dating apps. I don't either. I've never used a dating app. And Mark I, that. I haven't been on a real date since before Mrs. Gustav and I ever got together, because technically we never dated. I don't know that I've ever been on a real date. Uh, that's obviously not true, because we have episode two of Can You Hear Me? Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. That's the sweaty cash. The $140. And if you've never gone back to our back catalog listeners, I don't recommend every episode. Uh, no, maybe one in a hundred. <laughs> but if you want to... Learn about Young Ty. Episode number two is a good one to start with. Sweaty Cash and Grandy's. Well, Grandy's was a destination back then. Oh, it was great. And, you know, I mean, it's... Hell for heavy, it's still a uh, destination. And I think they still do the uh, free chicken fried steak for Mother's on Mother's Day. Man, that's just the gift that keeps giving you around. The whole year through, Clark. Wow. So... We were talking about dating apps, something none of the three of us know anything about. Correct. Something we didn't grow up with, of course. No, no. But I think all of us are fascinated by. Absolutely. This is much more the realm of, let's say, a JJ. Yeah. Or even Professor Brad, which that's a whole nother rabbit hole we could go down. And I know that we have some other listeners that this falls into. But... Our focus was, we started discussing what is the proper amount of disclosure one should offer on their profile page or whatever before you meet up with somebody. Yeah, I would think that's got to be such a you know balancing act between too little and too much. Well, one of the things I remember us discussing was the micropene. Yeah. Are you going to get that out there? If you have a micropene... Is that something that should be part of your initial disclosure? Should it be on your profile page? If not, how early in discussions with a potential mate do you bring up the micropene? Because it feels like a pretty big disclosure that needs to be out there before a possible hookup scenario. I think hookup, is that still what the kids call it these days? I, I don't even know. I think it's Netflix and chill. Yeah, see, I, I feel like even that's dated. And to that dated point and what the kids say, I've got a segment about that that I'd like to discuss later on. Do people still say going together? I don't know. Okay. Here's my thoughts, and this is purely hypothetical. I'm thinking if you've got the micropene, 
you are holding back that info till the last minute. But uh, I I understand that from the person with the micropenes perspective, but aren't you also if you do if you take that tact, if you will, aren't you also setting yourself up for not only increased embarrassment, but also some pretty severe retribution from the potential partner. Sure. I, I, I think, though, that just like if you are faced with insurmountable odds and your only choice is to go down like Davy Crockett swinging his uh, empty rifle at the Alamo, you're willing to take that risk because that's all you got. I, I mean, mean I, sure, there's got to be some lady out there that is a fan of the micro pain. Well, see, that's what I'm thinking. If if that demographic exists, then why not just target that from the start? Right. But what's the sample? I mean, what's the well? The sample size is going to be small, but you're going to be eliminating the possible situation of the person being shocked, horrified, angry upon learning of such. Right. Or you can take the the opposite end of that spectrum is to say that you're not going to disclose this until the moment of impact right. and hope that you've built up enough good graces yes. to where this will be at least accepted, if not enjoyed. Yeah. And now, I'm telling you, that sample size is even smaller. I agree. So to speak. I agree, but at least if you did that, you've at least got a shot. Because I think chances are, if you put micropene in your profile, you're never going to get sw- swept Man, whatever direction. I don't direction. know. I don't know. I disagree. I think that if you approach this from the start as you're targeting the micropene-loving demographic, then there's enough people out there that would be interested in that that you would have more hits than you would with the, I'm going to roll the dice and see if this person happens to be into this. Wow. Or there is all that, also that small subsection that you could think that you might get people who would give you just a sympathy or a courtesy approval. Right. And is that really what you want to be going for if you're not, Brad? I, you know, I, I'm fascinated by all of this. Now, I also would say, though, that... You know, we have a friend from school with a micropene that we could get on to talk specifically about the situation, I feel like. Who's that? I'll beep it. Well, you don't know? No. He became the no 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 no. Oh, I did that practically ruined his life in high school. By the way, I did not know. Oh, maybe I did know that. I may have known that. He probably doesn't want to come on and talk about it. No, I doubt that he'd want to come on. I'll fix all that so it's entertaining. Yeah, edit that heavily. Yeah, there'll be heavy redaction. Okay, the other factor that I think now you have going against you. So in our youth, youths. The number of women that had seen giant dongs would have been much smaller then. Porn use was down. Porn use was very rare in the young lady. We grew up pre-internet. Pre-internet. You had to go to the. You had to know somebody that could go to the back room of the video store. I think that your lot in life, if you had gotten to the point that you were going to expose your micropene in the heat of the moment, you would have had a better chance of acceptance. Because they didn't know any better? Because they didn't know any better. I mean, they, they'd know it wasn't big, but they might not know 
how little it really was. Man, I don't know. I think the micro peen is so shocking. Well, okay, are we talking and are we talking medical de- definition of micro peen? Which let me check what the exact criteria yeah, I are. Yeah, I mean, here. even I would say even anything within the cone of uncertainty right. of micro peen would be of note. Let's say to the female. Uh, well, I'm, I'm as reading Gus here. does his thorough I'm research. Because there are some... Uh... I mean, it's like, isn't it like... Because I remember y'all talking about this, and we talked about this some at the barbecue get-together, too, that it's like, isn't it like a couple of inches or something? Well, I think there's some... Def- oh, my gosh, there's a picture that popped up. You don't want that. It's uh, it's basically this... Wallpaper. It's, it's basically just uh, an acorn. Okay. Like that, what was that, uh, that lawmaker that was sending, that old guy that was sending the, uh. Oh, yeah. Barton? Barton. <laughs> Barton Fink, great. Barton Acorn, not, not great. Not so great. Anyway, I don't know. I, I I would have to do a little more research here, and I really don't want to. I mean, don't you think that that is so striking that even for the uneducated female, that it would be of note? See, Part of my part of my reaction is tinted by when we grew up, because there were definitely people that we grew up with, women that were very take it or leave it sexual creatures. Right. And I'm thinking that to your point, that there may be women out there that are okay with the micro peen, even in favor of, even in favor of that maybe. You know, back then, I think it might have been more oh, okay. Whereas now, I think, I think you're now that they know that there's more out there. There's more out there. Uh, I well, think see, that's in general, what... women are much more pleasure oriented because it's more that orgasms are their pleasure now. And this is going back, you know, even further that their pleasure is paramount, whereas it used to be an afterthought. For, right. You know, on the sexual landscape. I don't know. It's gone from like one in a million to expected. Yes. But, I mean, I think that's more to my point that now that their knowledge has increased, you almost have to target those who are looking for that. I I mean, I don't, I get exactly what you're saying because I definitely think there are, and, and even with, in the gay community, I'm sure there are people that are like, you know, I'm okay with this size. I don't really want. This giant, you know, dong. I'm okay with this, you know, uh, it's just cute. Look at that type thing. And Dave Attell, the comedian, used to have a great bit about the micro peen. He's like, oh, look at it. Oh. <laughs> that sounds very Dave Attell. You're very. If you ever get a chance to see Dave Attell live, I highly recommend it. I One of heard, my favorite shows. I've heard he's great live. Um, but what about like, okay, so let's move to something else. What if it's like, what if you're... Missing a limb. Sure. I think you, I, I think if it's something, it's going to be evident immediately upon meeting the person. But that's not if it's like a leg and you're wearing pants. I know it, but let's, let's say, wow, I don't, I don't have the answers. I, I, because I'm conflicted by it. What about if you've transitioned? Now that's a fascinating topic because I'm starting to see. Why are you pointing at me? It's because you look. Your makeup is on point tonight. <laughs> I went light on the rouge. I'm starting to see chatter from the social justice warrior circles that there is backlash now 
in some areas, if some if a, a cis man, okay, a genetic man that refuses to date a trans woman, how right. that's bigotry, right? So to me, that's insane. I, I from their logic, I get how they got there, but to me, that's insane. I mean, if you want to date a trans person. Super. If you, right. wanna, if you only want to date blonde women over six feet tall, that's great. But don't you have some right to know? Oh yeah, I think I think you definitely have a right to know. But like, then their point would be that you shouldn't know because a woman is a woman is a woman. However, you identify. Now, what about this? What percentage of men in? Let's just take the whole United States because okay. this would definitely be. It, it would skew it would, way one direction. It would skew heavily if we took it state by state or even north or south of the Mason Dixon. Or 903 area code would skew. Pretty. Right. It, yeah, we would be down to a sample size of like two. But what percentage of men, married men, mm-hmm. if they discovered that their wives used to be men, would continue in that relationship? And I mean,. I know it would depend on how long you've been married, do you have children, so and so and so, but let's say all other variables accounted yeah. for. I think it's going to be very different depending upon age. Yeah. Well, yeah, age would be a big variable. I but think, if you accounted for all the other demographic yeah. variables. Oh, uh, see, I, I, it would be hard to exclude how long they've been married, because I think that's a definite factor there right. that would... Uh, but if you if you just put a sample size of one year of marriage, well, let's say that they've been married at least ten years. Okay, I think I think it's possible that you already established such a bond that I think I don't think it's going to be the majority. I think it's still going to be a deal breaker for if we look at the entire population. I think it'd still be a deal breaker, but I think you'd probably get. 25 to 30% that would stick with it and just be like, well... So you think the majority would definitely want out? I think they would want out. I don't know that they would fully exit, but I think they would want out. All right, so what about this? As a sidebar, what percentage of men would want to know if their wife had been previously been of the male persuasion? Now, what I know about gender reassignment surgery, Mark, is that... If you go all the way and you have the penis reconstructed into the vagina or a vaginal vestibule, if you will. If you will. Great band name. That is a not maybe a perfected operation yet. And that requires dilation and you know, it's a it's not it's not like the real thing is what I'm I'm getting at, based on my understanding. It's not like LASIK. No. No, you can't just uh, roll in, spend a thousand dollars per eye. And, Key Whitman's not doing like twenty no, a day. No, no, no. Um, so I think that I think you'd have to kind of know. You think? Yeah, yeah. What I, if it's all you'd ever known? Like you left the Amish, and the first person you meet is a trans woman, and that's Ex- all you ever know. Exactly, and makes a great novel. You know, it's it's it might be. The great American novel. I, I just, I don't think that gender reassignment surgery. Well, let's say it's a hundred years from now. Okay, and it's, and it's all been magical. Would they want to know? 
I guess it depends on how common it is at that point. Like if it's if twenty percent or anything that high, if five percent of women are trans women that have had gender reassignment, that number might make men pause and say, "I need to know this," because obviously you're never going to uh, get pregnant. Okay, through that. Now there is some talk about assuming that technology's not been right. There is talk about implanting uh, fetuses. Anyway, it's, it's yeah. There's some there's some some wild stuff in talk. There's there. been talk. Well, and in any type of this sort of thing, I'm always curious as what's going on outside of the what's U.S. What's next? Well, what somebody's already doing. Right. Usually, you want to go to your Asian countries. Well. We need to do an episode about it. I need to do a little more research. But there was some crazy shit in the 30s, surprise, I think in Florida, where there may have been a chimp. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Human. Uh, the, yeah. There's now, there's this story that's come out to where that they, they hid the fact yes. that there was a chimp-human hybrid. hybrid that was created in yeah. a lab in Florida. So it, we can revisit that because I want to. Let me ask you this. Would you want to know? If your wife was a former chimp-human hybrid, it just depends. I think I could probably tell by, based on how low her knuckles hung and how much hair was on them. Right, and if she liked to pick, uh, you know, if she flung poo at you. Right. She. If she was a scatter. Right. <laughs> oh, do you need to put your scatter into the, your profile? I mean, I I just think this whole profile um, exposure situation is fascinating. Now. Uh, what do you put on there? What do you not? Well, and to that point, to <laughs> R.I.P. Bibbs, but they're at the high point of Bibbs Be Like. Melissa was talking about the, uh, it's not only a dating website, but the website for fetishist Fet Life. Okay. Sounds vaguely familiar. Which my understanding is kind of like Facebook. Is that at all like Fetty Wap? No, I don't believe so. So... For that FetLife website and things like that, that is a full disclosure realm because you're telling people exactly what you are into and what you're not into. Isn't that how it should be? I agree. I think that's what it absolutely should be. And people can then say, well, I'm not fully into that, but you know, I like that part, so I'm going to give this person a try. Yeah, I mean, it just increases your selection to compatibility ratio. Yeah, I, I would think that that would be the ideal. Now, I don't have any personal experience with that, but I could see where, especially if you're into something that's very niche. That niche, would be, if you will. If you will. That would be great where I know that this gal is into splashing. And sitting on cakes just as much as I am. But like, why should why should people have to go to this much more exclusive app or website to do that kind of thing versus just be more upfront in their normal everyday dating app profile? Now, I think we're still stuck, even though we're so much more open about things on social media. I think that people still hold back in general, lest they be judged about things like that. Yeah, I mean, that goes to the whole idea of full disclosure and being your real self in the early stages of dating and first impressions versus what you actually get when you're with the person. Right. And, you know, one of the things that I've always told friends that were having dating troubles is that if it's rough at the start, it's not going to get any better. 
you know. Right. This person is should be doing their very best at the start and not being an asshole. So if they're being an asshole right now when things are quote unquote good, they're going to go to shit when they're worse. But to that point, uh, yeah, I think you need to know if somebody's into, you know, splashing or being an adult baby or something like that. I mean, I've told multiple friends and family members of mine when they've gotten close to getting married, I've given the same spiel over and over and said, look, if you're not willing to be with this person for the rest of their lives, if they don't change one iota from the way they are right now, then you don't need to do it. Yeah, no, that's that's sound advice. I mean, if maybe it'll get better, maybe mm. it'll get worse, but if if you're not willing to commit to the person they are right now right. for the rest of your life, then you definitely don't want to do you it. You don't need to uh this whole s- idea that you're gonna fix somebody yeah, no, or that they're no... gonna get more of they're gonna become more of what I want, that ain't gonna happen. No, no, I agree completely. There's you don't go into it looking for a fixer upper opportunity. That that creates a lot of five to seven year divorces. Yeah. No. I, I I'm personally glad that I don't have to deal with the world of dating, I don't think I was very good at it in the 90s. I don't think I'd be good at it at all now. It seems like a totally different universe now, too. Yeah, it's... I mean, it, I don't understand this world J.J. lives in. Or Ginsburg, even. He's quite the... Uh, or Ginsburg. I can't keep up with Ginsburg. Uh, he's he's, he's a fascinating jet, character. He's jet-setting he's constantly. A, he's eating uh, hottest chips in the world. With... Without breaking a sweat. Not even flinching. The man is stone. So, ladies, hit up Ginsburg, you know, if you want the uh, the, ultimate. Want the ultimate. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm i fascinated by it. I would, I would gladly, you know, put a microphone on Brad to listen to his dates and hear what that's about. I, I can't imagine. I don't know how much of that you could take. Yeah, I'd probably have to take a volume. Just to even listen to it. Maybe a couple. Fistful with vodka chaser. Uh, it's But then there are the people, and, and it goes both sides, you know, male and female, that they're just in it to hook up. Yeah. You know? I mean, that, and that, again, is so foreign to us having grown up when we did, that this whole idea of to where it's just readily available, yeah. no. and that it's not even, I mean, there's no... There's no pretense to it at all now. No, it's not like th- at all. This is just what we're going to do. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't fathom that. And it's for my sake. I think it's probably good that that was the, wasn't the case when we were in our twenties. Oh yeah, no, I could definitely see that that would have caused lots of problems. Yeah, I mean, I I don't even want to imagine myself going through that in the twenties. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I wasn't even familiar with the uh, concept of a fuck buddy, let alone just you know random easy hookups and we know some folks that would have gladly welcomed that oh yeah yeah they were pioneers you might say yeah they were they were the uh sacagaweas of (laughs) (laughs) i think the title of this episode might be the sacagawea of sex All right, let's just end on a low. Yeah, that's that's got to be it. We'll move on to Twitter questions next. There'll be more. Thanks uh, for listening. If you'd like to weigh in on your thoughts about dating app profiles, I welcome it, especially the ladies. If you've had a run-in with the micropene, 
Email us about that. I will not say your name on air, but we will share that because I'm fascinated by that. I do. Before we go, we do know somebody that had a hookup, and I'll tell you the full story because it's not flattering, but ran into the micropene uh, on a one-night stand and was very cruel to the young man. Oh, man. But there's more to that story, but I know that it did not go well. Mm. So, anyway, email us your stories about micropenes, dating apps, uh, fetishes, whatever you want to. If you would be willing to, uh, if you want to know that your mate's a transsexual, whatever you got out there, send it to canyouhearmepod at gmail.com. And I guess we'll talk to you later. Adios. Bye. Chevy Chase. Yes! He's got hot brains. <laughs> I like it. Oh. And modern problems. <laughs> Patty Darbinville. Did you see that? Mary Kay Place. I'm Max. Nell Carter. And Dabney Coleman. Modern problems. I blew it. I was a bad boy. Modern problems. It'll glow on you. <laughs> Hey, that's Rachel Starr. And that's Rachel Starr. That's Rachel damn Starr. You, you don't wave, Gus. They're Pull not talking to you. No, we'll kneel at the throne. And that's Gustav creeping Rachel Starr the hell out. He knows nothing about whatever she's pointing at on that laptop. This ends in a divorce. Trust they don't, me. They don't One have computers where he lives. <laughs> <laughs> He's over there trying to run DOS. He's like, yeah. <laughs> he lives, he lives out disc. past technology. <laughs> C Phonograph, that's where it tops out. C colon backslash live cam. And world-class championship wrestling. I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Sally. Good night from Dallas, Texas. <laughs>